0: This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station.
1: BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and you tune in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. The esports industry took a massive stride to legitimize itself when at the tail end of last year, the Asian Olympic Council wrote that eSports will be included as a medal event at the 2020 Asian Games in China. eSports is set to join intellectual titles of the event alongside chess, and was actually introduced to the Asian Games for the first time in Jakarta in 2018, but back then, it was only a demonstration sport. This time, it's become an official event, meaning gaming has been recognised as a sport in a top continental multi-sport event. An unprecedented and exciting move for the whole gaming industry, and this week to help us break it down is Richard Wee, who's a sports lawyer, a member of the Malaysian Bar, and a long-time advocate of Malaysian esports. I think uh, like any other new um, event,
2: new sports in uh, going into a major multiple sports event like ASEAN Games or SEA Games or the Olympics. Every time the new sports come in, there's always some apprehension, some uh, negativity. And that's natural you know, because people take time. It takes time for people to get used mm. to something new. Mm. And of course, esports is the most controversial because um, in theory, there is very little physicality mm. in esports. Mm. And as we know, Sports is uh, usually about uh, uh, the physical aspects of a human being, and it's a challenge, a human challenge of our physical uh, strength. But this, uh, uh, this current, the latest move by the OCA, uh, to me is is uh, not just highly welcome, but I think it's a it's a massive acknowledgement of the position of esports in our society, mm. uh, un, un, Unbeknown and unknown to many of us. Over the last ten years, there is a growing and uh, fast-growing, I would say, esports community around the world. Uh, the people embrace the game, uh, take on to the sports and love it. And uh, and I have to speak about the elephant in the room. There's a huge uh, financial uh, investment in esports, and so it would be quite silly if anybody ignore it. And so I would say this is a big impact by OCA to, to bring it in.
1: Mm. Richard, having worked in the scene and being you know, one of the spokespersons for the esports industry, um, esports still very much in its infancy, even though it's been around for ages. Do you think that the industry is ready to be thrown into the mainstream limelight?
2: Um, to a large extent, yes. Uh, the, the structure for the games itself, uh, specifically about the, the games, mm-hmm. uh, uh, big games like um, Dota 2, CSGO, uh, Fortnite, it's, it's been there. The structure is there. The publishers are very professional. Uh, they are comfortable in running tournaments. They yeah. are uh, experienced. So in terms of that aspect, I think they are ready.
0: Mm. They
2: are ready to come in. Um, but there are other aspects in esports which is work in progress. Mm. Uh, like, for example, uh, from the sports law angle, elements of... Uh, uh, sports doping element about sports integrity element of uh, sports arbitration is mm. yet to develop,
0: mm. and
2: uh, it's still in the infancy, and that I think like any other new sports will take time to to get uh, up and running.
1: Mm. Many wrinkles to smoothen out still.
2: Yeah, it is. But mm. you know, every every time you want to climb uh, Mount Everest. The most important is the first step. Definitely, not just the first step, but the second, third, fourth
1: step. That's great. That's great. So, scoping a little bit out from the Asian Games, the Olympics is the pinnacle of every athlete's career. And you know, uh, over the years, the Olympics have seen you know their interest in it drop. And the uh, mission for them, I guess, over the past couple of editions, was to um, attract younger audiences. So um, they've included things like break dancing or breaking, um, skateboarding, surfing, sports climbing, um, all. This uh, that I mentioned were well approved um, for the 2024 Paris Olympics. Uh, in your opinion, seeing um, this move um, for esports to be in the Asian Games, should esports be in uh, 2024 Olympics?
2: Well, I will attempt to answer that on two levels, sure. uh, Daryl. Firstly, of course, uh, if you follow the norm, if you follow what's happening in Asia uh, and, and you know China, Southeast Asia being the the biggest esports. Um, uh, competitors. then it's natural. That Olympics should bring in esports too. Mm. I mean, if it's good enough for Asia, it should be good enough for the world. Mm. And if, if sports like breakdance, skateboarding, surfing, sports climbing can can be part of the Olympics, why can't esports? Mm. But the second part of uh, how I want to address this is the nature of esports. Other than it lacking physicality, uh, there is this the 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 kind of games which are involved a lot of these games in, require uh, the annihilation of the uh, your opponent mm. uh, it, it requires a, an element of uh, violence on the other side so that that, that I've many years I've read the uh, literatures from the IOC the Olympic Council and their apprehension is that we should not allow a game which promotes violence mm. uh, rightly so
0: mm.
2: rightly so you know so of course, on the other side of the coin, people argue, oh, we have shooting, we have javelin, uh, but none of that promotes killing another human being. But in esports, uh, if you are involved with it, you you know that winning is killing yeah. or annihilating. Mm. So that that is an element which I think the second part, which where I think the IOC will struggle to find uh, principles of Olympics to stand. Side by side with the principles of esports,
1: okay, yeah, they I mean,
2: will have the challenge.
1: Uh, and, and just just to jump on to that, you know, um, I, the IOC President Thomas Bach said that what, exactly what you said. You know, um, Olympic Games cannot promote violence or discrimination, and this is apparent, like you said. You know, in, in many sports. Um, um, uh, game titles such as CS:GO, for example, right? The objective is to kill your enemies at the end of the day. So I, I do see this kind of disconnect. But what what do you think is the best if you were put in the spot? And what, what was the best middle ground to uh, combat this?
2: Well, for me, if uh, I mean speaking, I w- I would consider being naive because you know I'm not an IOC administrator, and I can tell you it's not easy to be an administrator mm. uh, in IOC. There's so many elements to take into account. Mm. But speaking very elementary. Very kindergarten, so per se. Mm. I would add in a simple e-sports. Uh, as a simple middle, esports, like, um, okay. Uh, FIFA. FIFA is a classic one. Mm. You know, it's, um, no violence there. Uh, there are many e which has no violence mm. and yet popular. Mm. Uh, maybe we can start with that first. Got you. And to introduce the game in. And then we see how the reaction of the crowd from there.
1: Mm. Richard, for a long time, you know, esports and the sports world seem to be two different realms. You know, the feeling of us against them. Today, however, uh, much progress has been made. We've gone past the stigma of uh, esports not being a real sport, and now the conversation is on how those two worlds can combine and help each other. Uh, What are your thoughts on this, and how can both these similar but different industries help each other?
2: this is a really good question. So I'm going to try to address a few matters. Uh, in bullet forms, go for it. I said earlier that uh, esports, uh, the perception is lacks physicality, and but actually that's not accurate. Uh, there are much elements of physicalness in esports. Many people are unaware They're the top esports professionals, they have uh, physios and psychologists to mm-hmm. help them. Yeah, they go to a massive uh, physical exercise to stay fit, mm. uh, because it's acknowledged that if you want to play esports, while your mind and your fingers and your hands must be fast. But so much your body you must be uh, healthy, you know. Mm. So that is one where I think there is a merger of the two industries between uh, the, the the regular and traditional sports and the new esports. Mm. That people do acknowledge that to play esports, you need to be physically fit. Mm. Then, in terms of the uh, uh, the rest of the industry, as usual, esports is always about uh, sorry in sports, it's always about um, uh, winning medals, uh, winning trophies, uh, sponsorship, marketing, television. Actually, esports, I already have all that. Mm. Uh, there's lots of money in esports, as I said earlier. Massive investment. Uh, title price goes into millions of US dollars. Yeah. Uh, the, the games are being streamed live on Twitch. Millions of people watch it on Twitch. So while you and I watch our satellite TV, uh, esports followers watch on Twitch. Yeah. So they don't really need a TV. They have Twitch. Mm. So uh, in terms of uh, the, the collaboration of industry, they already, the industry, eSports already have it. Mm. Uh, in terms of uh, the stigma, uh, I think the stigma of eSports, they're going through something similar to what was X Games
1: 20 mm, years ago. That's right, yeah.
2: While I consider X Games is very physical, but I recall 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when people were promoting BMX, rock climbing, uh, sports climbing as sports, people frowned on it. And I recall the the uh, senior sports administrat- administrators at the time would say, this is it not sports. Mm. So uh, it, it's quite common uh, when I repeat what I said earlier, when there's something new, there's an apprehension. Mm. But I think the uh, acceptance level have now uh, gone lower. People are beginning to accept uh, esports. Mm. Uh, the apprehension has slowly gone down when they realize that actually esports is not that bad. Mm. And there's quite a lot of positive in esports. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I, I think there's a bit of everything to go through. Uh, but uh, the Earth Against Them thing will continue to exist for now. Mm. But definitely lessening and uh, uh, getting friendlier and friendlier. For People sure. begin to accept Esports more
1: and more for sure. I mean, esports making it to the Asian Games is definitely a move that would legitimize the industry, legitimize the scene. Um, but do you think that this would open the doors for more aspiring gamers to make it a long-term career, or would this move kind of alienate aspiring gamers? You, you feel?
2: Well, actually, there um, e esports. Uh, if you look at esports people, uh, esports uh, uh, an esports person will say, "I don't need Olympics to say I'm good." Yeah. I know I'm good, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, but, the, the, uh, the, the thing is that, as I've always told the esports people, if you, when you use the word sports, before, it was called esports, it was just called games. Yeah. <laughs> then, about seven ten years ago, they decided to change the name to esports. And once you use the words esports, then the pinnacle is Olympics. You want to get to Olympics. That's right. So then you have to get Olympics people to believe you. Mm. And that is ongoing. Mm. But, if you ask any esports person now, they think they are legitimate, they feel there's nothing wrong with the game, and rightly so, because the game is actually very fair. You log on, you can play anybody anywhere in the world, mm. online, mm. you can beat anybody in the world online, and if you are a winner, you truly are a world champion. Mm. You know, you truly beat everybody in the world to yeah. be where you are. So it's not easy to play against uh, the top players. Um, if you see the top, Dota 2 players for example, they are brilliant, they are very fast, they are very good, uh, and it's uh, impossible to beat them if you are an amateur player. Yeah. Um, so we cannot underestimate the, the skills and the talents there. So they are definitely legitimate sports and definitely they will have a long-term career, they don't need the Asian Games to uh, provoke themselves. Oh, yeah. I think people are naturally already uh, inclined to go into esports now.
1: Mm. Um, Zooming in a little bit, uh, you were talking a little bit about how um, um, these esports, these game titles will go into the big tournaments. And I think one big issue about and one wrinkle they have to smoothen out is that these games come from separate publishers, right? So Dota and Counter-Strike from Valve, uh, Riot has League of Legends and so on and so forth. They, the publishers, have the power and control over these games. Um, And and many say, you know... this, this issue prevents it from being something to, to be considered for the Olympics or the Asian Games and things like that. Um, what are your thoughts on this? You know, uh, Is it that big an issue?
2: You know, in fact, you just hit the nail with the biggest problem in esports. This is the same reason why um, forming a, a, a legitimate association to manage esports tournament is such a challenge. Yeah. Um, games like football, badminton, uh, rugby, it belongs to anybody. I, I give you a ball, you can kick a ball. All I right. give you a rugby, we can play rugby outside the pitch now. Yeah. You don't need to ask permission from anybody to play. Hmm. But eSports, you need to register with one of the publishers before you can play the game. So I think the uh, the IOC will have a, a, a great challenge in manoeuvring and managing the publishers. Hmm. That I think they, they they will have the challenge. But I feel if anybody who can take on the publishers will be uh people like the Olympic Council of Asia and IOC. Yeah,
1: they're the they ones are huge. Right? Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, they're the ones who can take on the publisher and say, Look, this is what we want. You mm. wanna join the Olympics, this is what you have to do. Mm. You know, and then uh with the amount of exposure and acceptance, acknowledgement and monetary investment in Olympics, I wouldn't be surprised if the publisher is willing to listen to the IOC. Mm, for but sure. for now, uh clearly both parties are still quite far apart. Uh, but that is something uh, working on uh, being worked on every day I mean look at OCA they managed to get in uh, the, the, the games into Asian games mm. so if OCA can do it I'm sure IOC can
1: do it too. Mm. Um, Richard, looking at uh, more of an international scope, um, on the skill level, you know, uh, the scale, scale of this industry is vastly different uh, when it comes to country-to-country, like, right? So um, you have people like in the US, Korea, China, all powerhouses in esports sports um, They will definitely have the advantage, but thinking about Malaysia, where do we fare uh, in terms of this? Ah,
2: That's a good question. Well, number one, uh, being a Malaysian patriot, um, whenever we play any sports, and I, I want us to win. Mm. Uh, it doesn't matter whether we play uh, an unpopular sport <laughs> or something which we are not <laughs> famous for,
0: mm.
2: but I want us to win yeah. or at least give it a go- good shot. Mm. But e-sports is different. We, we don't really need to want to win because we are actually quite a good country.
0: Mm.
2: We've got some really talented e-sports players. Um, either they don't have the sufficient opportunity or they don't have sufficient funds to remain in the game.
0: Mm.
2: I have personally met some of these uh, talented players. They are really good at what they do. And with the right team, with the uh, correct training, and with the correct atmosphere, I have no doubt that we can actually challenge for the best. We may win our first gold medal for esports. never know, For, for, for Olympics. Never know. We already won uh, Olympic medals From our Paralympic athletes mm-hmm. uh, But from our Able athletes uh, We haven't won Any gold medal There yet yep. uh, And if eSports is, is, is added on I wouldn't be surprised If we win one of the medals
1: Making history that way That'll be something For sure
2: <laughs> Yeah mm. And for the record Darryl, I'm not speaking it As a patriotic City Malaysian Who want us to win Even though I said that earlier But for eSports We are genuinely good mm. We have really Genuinely good fans
1: there was sports lawyer Richard Wee on Malaysia's prestige in esports in the light of gaming being introduced as a medal event at the next edition of the Asian Games in China. There's no question there's a huge amount of money being poured into the esports ecosystem and we're gonna be continuing that conversation after this. My name's Daryl Ong, stay tuned, this is Ba Nan on BFM 89.9. The FM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and it's in it, bar none, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Today on the program, we've been talking about the Asian Olympic Council's move to approve esports as a medal event at the 2022 Asian Games in China. Is this a one-off move or a road test for a potential Olympics appearance? Malaysia have produced a couple of internationally recognized esports athletes, but to really excel at these major multi-sport events, investment and funding goes a long way into building a stable esports ecosystem. The 2021 Malaysian budget allocated 15 million ringgit to grow the industry, but where are the areas of utmost importance to channel these funds to? help us answer that, we have Richard Lee a sports lawyer, member of the Malaysian Bar and a long-time advocate of Malaysian esports.
2: Well, uh, because esports is uh, fairly uh, novel in Malaysia still, I think it's only been uh, seen a more actively the last three, four years in Malaysia. Uh, so there are many, many things still lacking. And the budget that was allocated will go into, we'll need to go to many places. Other than uh, talent investment, talent scouting, talent management, we also need a uh, uh, effective uh, stadiums, effective uh, arena. Mm. Uh, I think the government needs to work very closely with the private sector. Uh, we we have the esports federation. Uh, money can be channeled to the federation to enhance uh, their work. Uh, there's a lot of more imagine Daryl if we are living in 1957 where we just uh, Malaya just got independence or 1963 when Malaysia was formed mm-hmm. and football was still new yeah. you know yeah. uh, we were still trying to formulate rules and regulation for football uh, we are now there at the same stage for mm. esports mm. you know so uh, it will take time but I think every time we get budget we should invest in those, those things like talent management Talent investment. Some stadiums involved, uh, maybe invest in facilities, mm. uh, invest in trainers, uh, sports science, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we will we will continue to grow. Mm.
1: Talking a bit about the expansion and, and you know strategies for growing uh, the ecosystem and growing the the scene here in Malaysia. Uh, I know many sports are focusing their efforts on grassroots, i.e., going to the schools. You know, trying to unearth these hidden gems. Do you think esports should follow that in that same direction?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, if you want to have a a, a champion in esports, you can't wait for that player to finish his or her university before taking part. Um, you need that player to start playing as young as and as 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 fit as they can be. Mm. Of course, there is a stigma, as you mentioned earlier, that oh, esports is no good. It's not healthy. Uh, but you know, the the funny thing is that I recall huh, uh, when. When Malaysia first launched the semi-pro league in
0: 1989,
2: mm. and um, I was at the time, I'm going to give away my age now, I was at the time <laughs> in secondary school, mm. you know?
0: Mm.
2: And I have classmates who told me, you know, we I want to play uh, pro football. And uh, and many of them were talented players. But their parents wouldn't allow. Yeah. Their parents would say, no, 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 you must study first. Mm. No good. Football is no good, you know? Mm. But now, I see parents... <laughs> Sending the kids to football academy, training, standing with the umbrella, you know, telling them, yeah, you can play the Premier League, play the Super League, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So times have changed, right? Mm. So you you can see parents are now supporting for kids playing games and hoping that the kids get involved in professional sports. Mm. So I think esports will go through that cycle too. Um, And already we see esports being uh, invested in universities, which I think is good. Mm. There's an inter-university esports tournament going on, which is really good. And uh, so it allows the person to obtain a degree yet play esports. Mm. So that's that's good. Um, And eventually, I think, yeah, we should go towards school, Mm. let them play in school. Better for the young kids to stay home and play esports than go out and get involved with drugs.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Mm. In the sense, you know, yeah.
1: Mm. I mean, I've even seen a couple of universities offering um, courses uh, for an esports career and that, that's pretty crazy, you know, because when, when I was in uni, I would wish for something like that. But, you know, it's crazy <laughs> to see actually something hap- happening like this today.
2: Yeah, I know. I, I recall when I was uh, in my days in my university, which a long time ago, we would, you know, go to the arcade, it was called arcade those days, and play games to... In, in, in the Malaysian favourite phase uh, to let past tension, you know, you <laughs> study so hard, you, know, you want to go play some games.
1: I just want to shoot some people. people.
2: <laughs> <You wanna laughs> yeah, shoot people, exactly, mm, you know, mm. Counter-Strike, the, the old version of Counter-Strike. Mm. But now, um, yeah, they have a university uh, uh, programme on that, but it's the same for other sports, Daryl. Uh, uh, now, for example, FIFA, they offer diploma in football. In the University of Liverpool, for example, they offer a masters in uh, sports and management, sports law, football rules, football mm. law.
0: Uh,
2: sports have now gone into universities yeah. and become a degree uh, paper. Mm. It's very common. So uh, <clears throat> it's, it's evolution of human human sports. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'm not surprised. Sports doing, and I think it's good. It's good.
1: Mm. I'm talking a little bit about you know Asian uh, Asia as a as a region. We are pretty much powerhouses uh, in a couple of game titles, um, and and you know Western companies um, publishers would um, mostly focus their efforts uh, onto the Asian region. But looking at our neighboring countries, um, Richard, what's the best way to kind of band together and and build um, Asia to be a better region in in esports?
2: I think the the key feature in uh, Asian uh, esports between from the from China all the way down to uh, Indonesia uh, from this part of uh, uh, Asia I'm not very uh, well-versed with the esports in the Middle East Mm. I'm not I know they play but I'm not sure how strong they are but from China all the way down south to Indonesia this is actually this region is a very powerful area for esports people Mm. play esports all the time Mm. And if they can combine their skills and their, their culture, I think we can take on anybody in the world. Mm. And one of the biggest cultural differences I see in, in Asian esports players, and of course I'm I'm going to be accused of generalizing here, so I apologize to anybody who feels that I'm generalizing. I'm just making a very simple statement. When I compare the Asian athletes from China all the way to Indonesia, and compare to the European esports players or the American esports players, I noticed that the Asian esports players are very much more focused. They're very
1: disciplined. They
2: they take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I'm not saying that the Americans and the (laughs) Europeans are not taking it seriously. (laughs) I know what you mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
0: they
2: -hmm. they are serious too, but the the Asians are very disciplined. And Mm -hmm. if if, if you meet the esports players from China, uh, it's a way of life Mm -hmm. for them. Mm. You know, uh, they, they, it's so ingrained into them. Uh, they play for many years, and then they retire. And then, using the money that they earn, they reinvest and do business. Yeah, uh, that's that's been going on. Mm. Um, so, uh, I think in terms of uh, the culture of East, uh, the Asian culture, the way we live our life, and the fact that we can work long hours, we are uh, infamously known for being uh, working over holidays. Uh, what if they can work through holidays? What about playing esports then? Yeah,
1: um, um, Richard, back to the Asian Games. Uh, there's no news yet of you know which titles would be would make it to the tournament. But if you were um, there to choose, you know, what 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 do you think is the best way for the organizers to approach this?
2: Well, putting aside um, violence and whatever, I, I would of course want to see Dota two in there, CS Go in there. This is a huge esports game. Um, uh, Dota 2 is a is massive, massive following, yeah. but if you want to be, uh, as I mentioned earlier, if you want to have something neutral, then FIFA is obviously the safe game to get included.
1: How about FarmView, uh, Farmview Richard?
2: Farmview, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
2: Mm-hmm. It's a nice game, I'm not sure whether... No competitive
1: enough. element, uh, yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's, mm. a, it's a nice game. Mm. But I'm not sure whether you attract the numbers. Because you imagine having Dota 2 in the, the Olympic is wow.
1: That would be crazy. You yeah. know,
2: or, or even Fortnite, or Mobile Legends. Mm. You know, uh, but FIFA may be able to do that. Mm. But uh, let's see what... Oh, This OCA would do lah. You know they they have quite experienced people there. I'm sure they'll figure something out. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. Last question, Richard. Um, What are your hopes for the future of the Malaysian esports scene?
2: Well, uh, from a sports lawyer point of view, um, I do hope we can continue building our sports law uh, structure in esports. You know, our our traditional sports have very strong sports law structures. Uh, sports doping, uh, sports integrity, anti-corruption matters. Uh, We have very strong sports tribunal. Every sports association has the disciplinary committee, tribunals, etc. Esports lack that. And that's something I I hope esports can build. Mm. Uh, And of course, I repeat, I'm speaking from the angle of a sports lawyer. But in terms of the game itself, in terms of the tournament itself, uh, I, I think it's, well, on the way to to be a, 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 an attractive industry, Great to hear. and I wouldn't be surprised in five to ten years' time it may even overtake some of the biggest sports in Malaysia. Oh
1: wow, <laughs> that's a big call, Richard.
2: <laughs> yeah, hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised. In Malaysia, the the two biggest sports are Malay uh, football and badminton. Yep. Um, I don't think e-sports have overtaken that two, uh, and I, it would take a momentous stuff to overtake that two. Yeah. But we have other popular sports uh, like squash, uh, bowling. Um, rugby hockey mm. and, and I, I'm not surprised if there are more people following esports than those games
1: that was sports lawyer Richard Wee on the Asian Olympic Council's move to approve esports as a medal event at the 2022 Asian Games in China and with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. I'd like to revisit that interview again to remember that the podcast will be up real soon, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. And also don't forget to download our BFM app via Google Play and the App Store. My name's Daryl Ong, and you have been tuning in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, the business station.
0: Thank you for listening
2: to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to BFM.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the
0: business station.